I want you to know that beautiful things can come from your broken pieces when you give your broken pieces a chance. It is okay to be scared. It is okay to cry. But giving up is not. I just want you to know that it's not the end. It matters how you're going to finish. Hi, my name is Jeff, a grateful recovering addict, and I'll be your host tonight for the Step One Halfway House podcast, a social model in recovery. Step One Halfway House is a recovery home for adult males with substance abuse problems, mental health issues, and alcoholics that desire a new way of living. We serve the weakest among us, the helpless, the homeless, the forgotten, and those who fall through the cracks. I'd like to introduce my co-host now. His name is Matt. He's going to explain to you a little bit about how Step One Halfway House was founded. Thank you, Jeff. My name is Matt, and I am also a recovering uh, happy addict. In 2003, the original owner and founder of Step One had a close family member who was suffering from drug and alcohol addiction. They began their search for a safe, clean, sober living environment for which they could confidently enroll their loved one into that would help them recover and begin the process of the 12 steps and down the road to recovery, health, and happiness. To their dismay, there, there seemed no such place in the Valley of the Sun. So being driven out of love and compassion for their loved one, decided to take this action into their own hands and found it, Step One. Since its founding in 2003, Step One Halfway House has offered a safe, sober, healthy living environment. We've been committed to walking alongside people who have lost so much of who they were and the ability to achieve their life goals and dreams due to addiction and who desperately want and need help to recover. Step One's mission is to introduce a 12-step program to a newly sober individual in a clean, safe environment. The agency also helps those who are not yet sober. And Madam, to go back to you, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about our 501c3 nonprofit, uh, the programs we offer, some of our strategic objectives, and uh, really what we're doing here at Step One Halfway House. As a 501c3 nonprofit, some of our strategic objectives are to offer resources and assist our communities with housing for the veterans, the homeless, people with substance abuse disorders, and mental health issues. We offer hope to those in need. To fill the gap and provide assistance through advocacy. To restore the hope for those in need, we provide relief to recovering addicts and alcoholics who have shown an aptitude to stay clean and sober by providing them with relief from financial stress so they may focus on their recovery. They do this through our scholarship program called iHost. The scholarship program, which we call iHost, is a program where we send out our clients to be volunteers in some of the most high-end restaurants in the Valley of the Sun. They are sent to work to do to help them to learn new life skills and to slowly introduce themselves back into the workforce. Such tasks can range from washing dishes to food prep, but what they really learn is how to communicate with others and how to be accountable for their actions and to take pride in a good day's work. We have found that by doing this, it helps lay a stronger foundation for their sobriety. Yeah, Matt, I'd like to talk a little bit about how many clients we served this year. Uh, about 477 plus, we had 105 graduate, and 75 of those clients have maintained full-time employment for at least six months. Also, you know, every one of our volunteers here, we love what we do. And the reason why is each one of us that came through these doors, we were broken and in need of desperate help. Uh, step one accepted us. And we feel the obligation of passing down our knowledge and experience and progress in dealing with our addictions, which is why we do what we do. Every staff member and volunteer here wants to get back to a place that helped them give their lives back. 
you know, for me personally, uh, it gave back my family. Uh, it gave me a foundation. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm so thankful and I'm blessed to have, you know, have even been allowed to be a part of this. So that's why I'm here today. That's why we're doing this. And, you know, Matt, you graduated from the IHOS program. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it did for you, where you're at today in your life, where you're at in your sobriety, you know, and uh, I'm sure everybody wants to hear about it. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, that is correct. I came in here uh, March of almost a year ago in March, um, and I had nothing. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a, a cell phone. I had nobody to turn to. I literally didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I was the, probably the lowest point I've ever been um, as a 20-year functional addict, as has been described. Uh, it was just tough. So I came through these doors, and I tell you what, I didn't really know what to expect. I've never been to a halfway house. I've never been to a sober living community before. So I was fearful to say the very least. And one of the first things that happened to me was somebody saw me sitting on the bench out there waiting to be intaked in the process and offered me half of their food. Um, I came in at dinner time and I'd been sitting at, an, at another facility where, where they, don't, they don't feed you very much. And so the first act I ever had was that act of kindness. And that told me right then and there that I probably have found a, a good place to be. Um, I could not afford my client fees, so I did sign up for the scholarship program. Uh, I, I signed up for iHost. And I was uh, off and running, um, working in restaurants. Um, I, I, did, I, I did 90 days on the IHOS program, working in restaurants. One restaurant really, really liked me, made sure they went out there full-time. And uh, after, after I graduated my program, they hired me on. So now I have a full-time job. I am also a, a staff member here, too, where I, I do a lot of the technology work for these guys and for ourselves. And I help try to spread the message as much as possible because... I've said it many times to everybody in our meetings and to people around here, but this place saved my life. It kept me alive. It kept me sober. It kept me from um, probably doing some rather really bad things with, with myself. And who knows if I'd even be here right now if I wasn't. Yeah, Matt, uh, you know, you've been a rock star while you were here. Um, uh, it's been a blessing to have you here. You know, we, a lot of us don't know the technology side like you do, you know, and I, I can't, you know, begin to tell you, you know, how proud we are of you, how proud I am of you. Uh, you've been a great help to me. Uh, it was nice to have you when we opened up our aftercare house for relapse prevention. You were right there helping us every step of the way. Um, you know, you're a manager over there, uh, watching over those guys, helping them get through their pro finish their program. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into uh, the way the aftercare program works. Uh, you know, we have several programs. But everybody starts with step one. And step one is simply just walking through the gate. It's not anything that's written down. It's nothing that's in a book. It's simply being willing to, you know, I don't like to work, use the word submit, but that's what you do. You surrender. You say, I've had enough. Uh, that's where I was at. And that's where so many of our clients, uh, they've just had enough. You know? And for myself, I'd had enough in and out of prison, uh, multiple relapses. Uh, and finally, you know, my family just said, hey, either you change or you can't be in our lives anymore, you know? And I knew that when I went back to prison the last time that if I didn't change, I was either gonna die in prison or I was gonna die in the streets. So, you know, I come from a, a, a humble background, Mormon kid, 
had it all, you know, and um, I had a tragedy in my life where uh, my son was killed, and I didn't honor that. I didn't honor his death. Uh, instead, I started using methamphetamines. Um, it was uh, it got ugly, and it lasted for 30 years of me in and out of prison, getting out, doing well, in and out, get it doing well. Uh, but it was the same old, same old, you know, it's the, the, they say the definition of his insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It can't be any truer, uh, because that's what I kept doing. So I know I'm not insane. Uh, it's just my behaviors were insane. So I came to step one out of prison. I've been here before. I graduated from here before, as a matter of fact and thought I had it all figured out. And I wasn't out of step one for a month, and I was in prison uh, for uh, a meth charge, you know. And um, I sat there, and I didn't say, oh, why me, or I knew why me, because I've been such a, a mess for the last 30 years. So this time I decided I'm not gonna do it for my family, I'm not going to do it for anybody but Jeff. And and by doing that and taking some counseling that I, I didn't want to do before, but I decided to do some grief counseling, um, my life is straightened out. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, I, I love what I do. I love the people around me. Uh, and it's just a matter of being honest. You know, I finally got honest with Jeff and said, hey, you know what, Jeff, you have a problem. And uh, if you don't address this problem, you're not going to make it, bro. That's just what it is. So uh, we'll go more into my story and um, we'll talk more about some of the things, other things that I went through in my addiction. Uh, I just wanted to share a little bit with you guys on that. Um, you know, we have a 90 day certificate program here. Uh, and it's a very long 90 days. Don't let anybody fool you about that. <laughs> it's only 90 days, but man, when you have to break yourself down and do it, it's, it's, it's a tough one to do. But that's why we have people like Jeff here. They sit there, they've done it, and they, they, they know the struggles about it, and they know how to, uh, how to get you through it. All you have to do is just, as you said, you know, your first step is coming in here. That is step one, coming in here and asking for help. But once you do that, there's a world of it here, from the, and this program has been tremendous. Thank you, Matt. I'd like to talk a little bit about the 12-step program and uh, the way we use it here at Step 1 Halfway House. Uh, we'll go over step-by-step step and basically the meanings of the 12-step program. Uh, step 1 is uh, we admitted that we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. Uh, step 2 came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. With step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Uh, step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And that is a very, very, very hard step to do. That's correct. That's the one that takes the longest. That's the one that people have the most problem with is, is step four. But uh, once they get involved in it and start really being honest with themselves, uh, that's the step that takes you over the top right there, in my opinion. In mine too. Yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit about step five, but before we go into it, 
God is mentioned in this several times in the steps. Uh, we're not a faith-based program. I mean, it doesn't hurt to do that on your own. Um, you can have a higher power. Anything can be your higher power. Uh, with step five, we're admitting to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Uh, step six, we're entirely ready, to, entirely ready to have our higher power remove all these defects of character or God, however, you, whichever you want to use. Like I said, we're not faith-based. Um, anything can be your higher power. Uh, we cater to the agnostic, uh, the Muslim, the what, whatever your higher power is. So that's the way we run the program here. I know there are faith-based programs out there, but for us, it's whatever's gonna work best for you to keep you sober and make you comfortable while you're here. Um, Step seven, we humbly ask our higher power to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, we made a list of all persons who we harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Another tough step. Uh, but once you do that step, Matt, I don't know about you, but once I hit that eight step, um, I, my sponsor had me do it a, a certain way because I harmed so many people in my life. I wasn't really able to reach out to all these people. What my sponsor had me do was write all their names down on a piece of paper, light it on fire, and put it in the cigarette butt can. You know, mine. I, mine actually did the same thing, but for me, it was it was more of a. I started off with a family, the people that have passed away. Uh, I was asked to write them letters, letters for, of forgiveness and why I was mad at them and why I had to make amends with them. And once I did that, you know, obviously, you know, they've been passed away and whatnot. But it's a good way to start the step because that made me feel better. I got I got it out of my system. I got it out of my head. Got it off my chest. And then we actually burnt one, and the other one we actually turned it turned into a paper airplane and set up with a with a, with a balloon towards the heavens. You know, and that was a uh, it was uplifting. It was it was weird and it was sad, but it's also kind of rejoicing too because you don't realize how good it feels to get that shit out of your head. I'm sorry for cussing, but I have to put, I have to put the point in there that when you let that stuff out into the universe and you, you get it out of your head, you get it off your chest, you get it, you get it out of your the back of your mind, it makes you feel better. It just really does. Whether you actually admit to something wrong or not. And then my next step was actually to um, amends to a place. It was actually a Walgreens that I had stolen from. It wasn't a person. It wasn't somebody living. It was actually a place I had stolen from. And I called in there and I asked for a manager. And I got lucky because the manager I spoke to happened to be working a program. So when I told him I was calling to make amends, he's like, stop, stop. Are you in a, are you in a program? I'm like, yes, I'm in a program. I stole from you. I want to make amends. He goes, I understand that. I've been in a program before. I understand what you're going through. He goes, thank you for calling and apologizing. He goes, As you, and, and his next question was, is your face, is your photo on the wall? I mean, it should be. He asked my name. I said, it's Matt. He found it. He goes, I've taken your photo off the wall. You're not allowed back in here. Now, obviously, I haven't been back there yet, but that was my first step to actually work in my step nine. After I made that amends, it was like the biggest weight had lifted off my shoulders because I was available and able to, to admit to myself that I can be a better person. I can admit my wrongs, and nothing's going to hold me, hold me back from making a better person of myself and from making these amends because once I make these amends, 
I am shedding that skin that I had and I'm making myself trying to make myself a better person and better for it at that. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a good story. It's, and it's amazing. And I've heard that story uh, from different guys, whether it be a Walmart store or whatever it was. And there, you know, there's all walks of life uh, that end up in recovery. Some of us go full tilt and, you know, we end up here. Uh, others, you know, have enough support and family support that they haven't burned up because that's what happens with a lot of us. We just burn up all our support. Almost all of us. <laughs> Almost all of us, you know. Uh, so that's a great story for me. Like I said, I mean, and I didn't believe it. I thought, really, this is, you're telling me that, so I'm going to write all this stuff down to all these people I've done wrong to, and I can't really make the direct amends, you know. Uh, and I'm just going to put this on paper, and I'm going to light it on fire, and it's going to be gone. And I'll be damned if it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I, I had a really good sponsor, uh, and it sounds like you did too. Uh, but uh, we'll get on with step nine, and that's where you make direct amends to such people wherever, whenever possible, except to do so would injure them or others. So basically what that means is, if it's a situation... Uh, and I had a few of those myself too, where it would have been, it would have, you know, caused them grief or, you know, uh, made, you know, made it a more stressful situation um, because of the, some of the things I've done to them, to these people, uh, whether it's things I did to people in prison or out here on the streets. Uh, it was just better for me to, like I said, I, I wrote a lot of stuff down, you know, and there was a long list. So uh, we'll get into step 10. Uh, we continue to take personal inventory, and we were, when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. And that's the biggest thing is if you, do, if you did something wrong, rather than lying about it, trying to get around it, trying to cheat your way through it, just admit that you were wrong. Honesty believe it or not, is the best policy. And I have to actually, I have to chime in here on this one too, is that that is actually correct because when you're actually working this program or any program for that matter, and you screw something up, most of us, when we were addicts or admired in our addiction, we'd try to find a way to cover it up. We wouldn't admit it. We wouldn't say, no, I didn't do that. That wasn't my fault. It was something else. It was something else. We always found a way to blame it on somebody else. Once you come into this thing and you actually start working the program, then you say, yeah, actually, I did that. I made that conversation, or I made that mistake, or I did that to that person, or I said that to that person. And when you actually admit your wrongdoing right away, or you admit your mistake right away, man, the, 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 the burden itself is, is, you don't have to carry it anymore, and you don't have that shame. You don't have that um, sadness that comes around with, with, you know, with, with trying to lie or trying to cover up a, a half-truth. Because you're not, you're not doing that anymore because you're actually admitting to yourself that, yeah, I screwed up, I made a bad call, that's my fault, and then you move on from it. And when you do that, people look at you go, all right, thank you, I appreciate that, let's move on. And it, it, it's amazing how much more in tune you feel with the world and with society when you actually fess up to your wrongdoings instead of trying to hide it behind a, a lie or a deflection. Or, you know, and then most of, like, like most, of us, most of us addicts would do would just go away and use again and just, and just disappear. And that's true. Um, those behaviors are, which we'll get into later, which uh, uh, those are actually triggers. Uh, it's old behavior. 
Um, and those things are actually triggers. And that's why you, if you're lying to yourself and you're lying to others, uh, you're not going to come out of your addiction. You're, you're just not. You're going to go back to it because you're embarrassed, you're ashamed. You know you're lying. You know you're not telling the truth. And you're not being honest. And if you're not, if you can't be honest with yourself, man, ball, it, it, game's over. You know what I mean? It I really is. So if you're unable to even just be honest with yourself, man, you, you don't have a chance. You know, so that's, that's, I always said for me personally, I had to get honest with Jeff and say, hey, man, you got a problem. And, uh, you know, I can win in everything else, but... I couldn't win with my addiction. You know what I mean? I've tried it all. I've tried chipping. I, chipping, if you guys don't know, chipping means a little here, a little there. Well, you know, one day turns into three days, and three days turns into a week, and a week turns into a month. And, and next thing you know, man, I'm ripping and running, and I'm full tilt, you know? I don't have that kind of off button. Some people can do that. It's just not me, you know? Um, I don't have an off button. Once I get started, uh, it's all over with until I'm back in the penitentiary. So, and it never, it never takes very long. It's amazing, you know. Once I, once I hit my addiction again in full stride, um, I'm back in the joint, back in prison within, I'd say two months, three months, you know, because I, I, I'm just out of freaking control, man. But uh, so on step eleven, uh, it says that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God or our higher power as we understood them. Praying, praying or meditating only for knowledge of our higher power's will for us and the power to carry that out. So I, I don't know, what's that mean to you, Matt? I mean... It basically means that I stop and think before I do something stupid. I mean, I, when I was running and gunning for my 20 plus years as a functioning addict, I mean, my only thought was just doing my shit. Just running and gunning, doing my drugs, getting my high, and fuck everything else. I'm sorry about the, the cussing. We'll edit we'll that out later. But I wanted just to make sure that I could do my stuff and be at the level that I thought I had to be to to function in life. But once I came into the program and, and kind of understood that, you know, I was I, I was baptized Mormon and I walked away from religion as soon as I was baptized. I, I, I went to a Muslim mosque. I went to a, 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 a Hindu temple. I've been to Christian scientists. I've been to Southern Baptists. I have been to Presbyterian churches. They all say the same thing. God loves you. You just have to accept him. Well, I couldn't accept that because I didn't think I was worthy of it. But once I came into a program and people started accepting me as the, as the person that I was and the, the messed up person that I was, I finally understood that there was a reason why I was still here. There's there's a reason why I haven't been dead on an overdose or I haven't been dead in the streets is because I've, I was here to make a difference. And once I became aware of that fact, I also became aware that there's a reason why my higher power wants me to be around for this stuff. And so I started thinking and I started and I started just basically talking to myself. When I talk to myself, they call it meditation or they call it craziness. I don't care what you, what you want to call it, but it makes me think outside the box before I make a stupid decision, which is you know to go out and use again or to relapse or to think, you know, around here we call it FTW, first thought wrong. My first thought is usually to go use or to go do something stupid and, and screw it all up. But that I know that I have people here, you know, staff members like Jeff and like other people around here. I, but I also have people around here that, that, I, you know, that I call my, my fellowship and my friends that will sit there and just say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And that two or three minute conversation will make me understand that I am I'm wanted, I'm loved, 
and I'm and, and I'm needed around here, and that my addiction is not stronger than that, and that's why we, we preach so hard in this fellowship because once you come through these doors, we open we we, we welcome with the open arms and open minds because we've all been there before. We know the struggles. We know how hard it is to try to, to try to get clean, to try to get sober. And we welcome that, that struggle with each other because that's the most important thing is that we're trying together. And when we try together, you're a lot more successful than you're trying alone. We've been out there be, you know, on the streets by ourselves. We've been out there in the prisons, in the jails by ourselves. And it's not a very good circumstance. It's not a very good outcome because we usually end up messing stuff up. But this place welcomes you in. They open their arms and say, here, if we give you a rope, we will either help you pull yourself out of the grave that you're digging yourself, or you can leave out here and you, you, and you can string yourself up. Most people get pulled out of their grave, get pulled out of their ditch, and they come out here and they make friendships and, 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 and uh, relationships for life. Some of these guys will never, ever not be in each other's lives ever again. They will always talk. They will always text. They will always communicate because that's the kind of bond that we build here because that's the kind of help and support you need. Who else can help addicts other than addicts? We know the triggers. We know the symptoms. We know the signs. We can help each other when we see that look in their eye, when we see the mannerisms, when we see what's going on. So when I sit there on step 11 and I sit there and I have to pray and meditate to God, I just say thank you because that has made me a better person. It's made me a healthier person. And it also makes me understand that there's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why I'm still alive. And there's a reason why that I, these people are in my life is because I'm here to help them. And more importantly, they're here to help me, to help me to be sober, to be happy, and to spread the message about being happy and that you can, and that you can beat this one way or the other. You can always manage this and you can always be better than what you think you are. Thank you, Matt. Uh, so we'll get to step 12. Uh, and step 12, it says, is having a spiritual awakening. As a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in all of our our affairs so that's to me in step 12 that's the staying connected part and uh, that's where I failed before was I always thought I had it um, I didn't need to stay connected with my peers and that's actually why I decided to stay this time and go to work here so that I could stay connected and we have a community here and it's a great community uh, we're all brothers here um, we're here to help the, those who are struggling. Um, we welcome everybody with open arms. It's in the end, at the end of the day, it's up to you as an individual to say, hey, you know what? I'm ready, you know? Because I can tell you this, there's no swimming pools here. There's no spas. Uh, but if you're serious about your recovery, this is the place to be because we're in the thick of it here. We're right in the middle of it, man. Um, so we're here to help anybody who is seeking the help. Um, we'll guide you through it. If you slip and fall, we'll be there for you when you're ready to come back. Um, that's the beauty of this thing. You know, they say relapse is part of recovery. It doesn't have to be, but for me, I relapse multiple times. And it's just mainly because... I know now, I didn't know why then. Actually, I really did. I just wasn't ready. You know, it, so let's be honest. I wasn't ready. I hadn't had enough yet, you know. Um, this time I have, and the program works. I'll be damned, you know. Uh, I fought it tooth and nail, thought I was in control. I had control. I didn't have control. If I would have had control, 
this madness was stopped 20 years ago, 25 years ago. 30 years ago. 30 years ago, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so those are the steps as we see it and as it says in the big book of NA or AA, um, it works. It's been out there for years. So we know that it does work, um, but it's up to you. It's totally up to you. That's what, that's what God or our higher power gives us. They give us free will. So uh, you have to take advantage of it. And Step One Halfway House is a great place to do that. Like I said, uh, there's no spas or facials or anything like that here. If you want to get sober and you're ready to go to work and get it done, this is the place to be. I promise you that. And if you work your steps and you're honest with yourself, you'll be successful. But I'll tell you one thing too. When, when I'm chairing meetings here, Jeff, um, one of the things I tell everybody about, about when, they're, when they're in the meetings and whatnot is that the people that flail out, the ones that come in here and either get uh, discharged for, for any, re any reason or they leave on their own, but the, when they come back, when they actually come back through this gauge for the second or the third time, even the fourth time, even though we say you have a three, we have a three-strike rule here, we don't really adhere to that because if you want to get sober, if you want to get your life right, we recognize that, and we will be there for you. But these guys that come back and they, they, they readmit themselves, man, I have more respect for those guys than I have probably for the, the, the first-time guy coming in here because that shows me that this means it's something to them. They've been to other places. They've been to the other places down the street. They've been to the other places in programs around the county and whatnot. But they still come back here. It's, 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 and it's because of, of what we're building here. It's, it's because of the fellowships. It's because of the interaction. I mean, in the last six months alone, we have stepped up our game to the point that almost 65, 70% of our guys are actually on step nine. You know, these, I mean, most of our guys are, are going to graduate before, you know, graduate on step 12. I mean, that hasn't happened in all the years we've been here because these guys are taking our, 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 our uh, not, I would say our example, but they're taking our, 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 our talk seriously. We sit there and preach to these guys that all you have to do is just listen and ask questions and be present. And if you just want it just a little bit, you will, you, you will have no idea what you can get for yourself when you're here. You can get anything and everything you want to. We call this place a launching pad. It's not a landing spot. We want you to come here, work your, work your program, get through the steps, you know, get your mind right, and then get out of here. We want you to go home. We want you to go back to your families. We want you to go back, you know, to your state that you're from, or, or, or go back to your houses that you, you know, that, that you have. We want you to be there, and the only way to be there is to, to admit to yourself that you're ready to go, and that you that you do have a problem. But coming through those gates means that you, you, you that you're admitting that step. That's why we call it step one. When you walk through the gates, you're admitting to step one, and then you're ready to go, and that you want to try this thing. You know, we bring you in without money. We bring you on the scholarship program, and then we sit there and we build you up and build you up and build you up. And I'll tell you, Jeff, if, if I didn't have you, if I didn't have Shelby, if I didn't have Bradley, if I didn't have Jason, all these guys that I've worked with since I've been here in the program, I don't think I'd be where I'm at, where I have a job and I have, you know, a, 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 a functional life again. I, I don't think I'd have a car. I don't think I'd have you know, the income that I have because... I didn't believe in myself. It took you guys to build me up and to tell me that you're not you're not wrong. You are a good person. You have what it takes. You just have to remember that. And working those steps is what remembered me and what reminded me that I could do this. And once you guys beat it, physically beat it into my head, it feels like. But once I got there, 
I was, I was reminded that, yeah, I am worthwhile and I am a good person. And that's the message we carry on to all these guys around here when they come in these gates, that they are worth it. We give them handouts. We give them food. We give them hugs. We give them smiles. We give them a place to sleep to let them know that they are not just a number. They are people. And they deserve the love and respect of anybody else that can get there to it. And I haven't found a place in, in anywhere around here yet that does the same thing that we do. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, and that's true. Um, I can't, because I do the... Uh, the intakes here. Uh, I'm the. Uh, you definitely did mine. Yeah, I don't uh, really do the title thing, but I'm uh, the senior house manager here, and I can't tell you how many phone calls I get of guys wanting to come back, and I ask them, "Are you are you ready? You know, are you really ready this time?" And they all say the same thing: Yes. Now, do are all of them 100% successful? No, they are not. Um, if we could get to a 100% success rate. We'd, we'd bottle it and sell it. You know? Hell yeah, we would. But, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, and, and I can't, you know, I repeat it and repeat it. it, it it's being honest. It's being honest and saying, man, I, and actually, you know, they say you have to hit rock bottom. Well, I did, but it's not necessary that, that you hit rock bottom. Um, but for me, it was. Um, and I just had enough. So uh, this is a brotherhood here. Uh, and for the guys who are truly working their program, um, they're going to be successful. I have no doubt. I see it in the numbers. I do the numbers every month, uh, and I see the numbers, and I, and I, and I look, and I say, this guy's he's successful because we follow what step they're on and how they're working their program, and, uh, you know, it's accountability. So... Uh, for me, I don't know, it saved my life, you know, uh, and it's, you know, for me, I, I have a saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish in life. Uh, I plan on finishing strong, I'm going to finish strong, uh, and that's, that's what it is. I, I, if you're, if you guys are out there and you're listening and you're struggling with addiction, make that call, man, make a call, uh, do your research, um, Find a place, even if it's not step one, find a place that you're going to be comfortable with uh, and start working on your program. Start working on you. Start building your relationships back because all those things will come back to you. Uh, and that's in the promises. There's, there's 12 steps. There's 12 promises. Um, so what it says on for promise one is that we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Uh, promise two, it says we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Basically what that means is that's always be in the back of our minds. You don't dwell on the past because that's going to get you nowhere, but you have a little bit of that left in the back of your mind so that you don't go back, so that you recognize your falling points or what may be a trigger. Uh, promises three and four says we'll comprehend the word serenity and we'll know peace. It's so true. Uh, promise five, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. Uh, promise six, it says that a feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Oh, so true. Uh, promise seven, says we'll lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows, which means the fellowship. All right. Uh, step eight, self-seeking will slip away. It says promise nine, 
is our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Promise 10 is fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Promise 11, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And promise 12, we will suddenly realize that our higher power is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that is actually very, very true if you think about it, especially when it comes up to the promises. Um, you don't know they're working for you until you start seeing it. For me, I, for me personally, I didn't know the promises were working for me until I started getting uh, uh, comfortable in my steps. But then I started getting you know, uh, rewards. I started getting a, a, a benefit of being at the same restaurant. I started getting a benefit of being hard at the restaurant. Hell, I started getting a benefit of having enough money to actually go buy a, a real phone. I could start a debit card account again. Next thing I know, I'm saving up money and these guys are you're giving me rides and now I can buy a car. I mean, the promises, you know, they, they say they, they come sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they always materialize if you work for them. And all I was doing was trying to make myself a better person, trying to make myself a, a sober person, trying to understand, for me, I didn't like to be sober when I was in my addiction. I wanted to be messed up. I couldn't handle real life unless I was high or stoned or whatever we want to call it. I didn't think I could deal with real people. But this program showed me on, on, on the other hand that, hey, you can handle life, you can handle sobriety, you can handle anything you want to if you want it that bad. And I'll be honest with you guys, you know, my first time around, I, I didn't do it the right way. I was still smoking vape pens. I, I graduated and I still messed up. But you know what, I got called out on it, I admitted my faults and I restarted my program again without hesitation, I started again. And I learned so much more about the person that I can be because I understood that I had, I had fucked up, I had made a wrong decision, and then I had to decide to move on. And once I moved on and, and started doing it the right way, so much more came to me, so much, so much faster because I was doing the right thing. I was being the person who I should have been the whole time. And it took me 25 years to get to that point. And it took me going to this place to figure that out. And it took guidance from Jeff and Bradley and Shelby and all these guys on the iHost program to show me that, hey, I am worth a while. I am worth the time and the effort. Once they did show me that, man, my, my belief and in, in my, inner, my inner power just it, it blossomed. And it really did. And that's exactly why we do this. We do this for people to understand that they are better than they think they are. They can be better than they think they can be. And with that, that's why we bring them in here. That's why we give them a chance. That's why we build them up. Because we want them to succeed. We want them to go out in the world and be a, a, a contributing member to society. But not just a contributing member, but a, a successful member to society. Because that is what we all plan to be. We all plan to be happy and healthy. And we all plan to be in this world for a very long time. And this place gives us the opportunity to reset ourselves and do it again. Thank you, Matt. Um, so, we'll talk a little bit about going forward, what these podcasts are going to be. Um, we're going to have different guests. We'll be running the podcast twice a week. Uh, we'll have different guests, and they're going to come in and tell their story. Uh, they're going to tell the story of, you know, their life, basically, uh, where they're going to share, uh, because sharing is caring. And uh, the goal is, is maybe you'll hear something from one of these guys that sets you off to say, hey, you know what? I want what they have. I want what he has. Hey, that guy's like me, or that gal's like me. Uh, if they can do it, I can too, you know. Uh, 
so that's the goal with that. We'll have all different kinds of people. We'll have staff members, volunteers, uh, outside guests speaking on the podcast, as well as our alumni <coughs> graduates. Um, also, if you're out there tonight and listening and you're suffering from addiction, please don't hesitate to give us a call at 602 749 5434. We're located in Phoenix, Arizona at 9636 North 11th Avenue, zip code 85021. Or you can look up us up on the web at step1halfwayhouse.org. That's all spelled out, step1halfwayhouse.org. Uh, and just communicate with us. We'll do an interview with you on the phone. It takes about 10 minutes. Uh, and then if you're struggling and you want to get sober and you like the sounds of this program, please reach out to us. We're here to help you. Uh, if we're not able to help you, we'll refer you to somebody that can. Uh, and that's really all I have, Matt. No, that's basically it, Jeff. I mean, that's what we're here to do. That's why we have this podcast. That's why we're starting this podcast. We want to get the word out to everybody that you don't have to be by yourself. You don't have to be out in the cold. You don't have to be sitting there in the streets with a blanket on shivering or if it's summertime out there sweating trying to stay cold. We are here to help you out. All you have to do is admit to yourself that you're ready to try to, for change. If that's, if that's what you want and that's what you think you need, then we'll come in. We're, we're, we're here for you. We are here to help you, to, to, to guide you, and put you back into society and, and put you back to the person that you, that you thought you could be when you were growing up and put you back to the person that you want to be and that can be you know, happy and re respectful to those that love you, that those that want to see you again, those that want to be in your life, whether you know it or not. You just have to know that, that, that people care about you, as, as do we. It doesn't matter when or where or how you are. You come through these gates, you're family, and we will take care of you like family as long as you're ready. Thank you, Matt. So we're going to sign off tonight. Uh, once again, man, remember, we love you. If you're having a problem or if you have a loved one that's suffering from addiction, please reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to help them. Thank you and good night. Good night, guys. I've got the world on top of me Weighing down so heavily Gonna fall eventually There's no defying gravity But you may